Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 40 of Caster Calls with Zombie Grub. I have, I guess, kind of a well-timed guest, actually, with the release of Age of Empires 4, but I have an Age of Empires 2 caster, uh, Dave AOE, joining me. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast to talk about commentating, uh, I guess, another RTS. I know a lot about that, but only for StarCraft, as well as just, you know, esports in general. Um, so how are you doing? How's your holiday been? What's been happening in the Age of Empires world? Uh, wow, that's a lot of questions. Um, my <laughs> holiday has been fantastic. I got to finally see my two nephews uh, in person uh, over the Christmas. So there's a lot of screaming and a lot of crying and a lot of good stuff where as an uncle, I can appreciate that because I just like give yep. them you know to their mom and say like take care of this I, i'm done playing yep. with the kids now you know um but uh in terms of me i'm i'm feeling nice and relaxed i got a tournament coming up in january so getting ready for that and then age of empires i mean where do we go right i've been doing awe 2 for years now almost a decade now of wow. casting awe 2 i've been playing for almost 20 years and um now we have Age of Empires 4, which has been out for three months. So there is a lot of events going on right now and a lot of casting opportunities and a lot of hype around the game. And uh, I think it would take more than an hour to get right into everything. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is so much history in, in Age of Empires and RTS. And like I said, it's kind of well time because you can talk a little bit about adapting to kind of a new game, but within your, you know, the same sphere, uh, which not every esports commentator really has an opportunity to do. There's a lot of other examples of people have to just jump genres, right? Um, but Age of Empires, kind of a unique space nowadays, but I think we can go a little bit maybe chronologically here. Um, You've been playing this for 20 years. Age of yeah. Empires 2, super old game, super just like OG game. Everyone played at one point because RTS used to be the biggest genre. And a lot of people even were playing it who weren't necessarily playing Brood War, which was also very big and very much a, you know, everyone played this at least once in their life type of situation. But Age of Empires kind of latched on to people's nostalgia it felt like more so because all the comments i ever see about people watching age of empires again is always like i used to love this game i can't wait to play fours again um where for starcraft we kind of got more of a i used to play this game and then i realized how hard it was and <laughs> i don't want to don't want to play anymore and it's it's weird how that kind of differed because age of empires is obviously still a very complex and intimidating game if you want to be really 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 good at it mm -hmm. and they just appeal to this casual market what has it been like playing it for 20 years and then watching it actually be you know it's height when it was released it's amazing it's awesome kind of dip down kind of be like the game that everyone goes back to and then pick up again in the last few years especially as an esport we've had now from the outside looking in we've had one major dip and then one major rise again but in, in the community and playing throughout, like I would take year-long breaks or whatever. I don't do that anymore, obviously, because it's my livelihood. But it would, like, it was like this constantly, you know? Even over Christmas break, all the players would come back because of that nostalgia factor, right? So the player number would go up from, uh, you know, a 1,000 active players to 5,000 active players. And everyone would be like, oh, are we back now? Or are we, are, are we doing it again? And then it would fall off uh once more so basically um like in terms of the overall age of empire scene you're right i was there for msn gaming zone uh when msn gaming zone was shut down by microsoft because age of empires 3 came out and had their own servers uh in the game it really saw a dip and we actually went through like 
three different fan-made platforms finally ending up on one. Then in 2012, 2013, Microsoft released AOE 2D or HD version, which is basically just a reskin asking for money (laughs) from people's nostalgia. Fortunately for us, it did get a ton of people involved. And you're right with the comment that, you know, everyone has fond memories of this game playing with their family members, playing over Christmas, whatever. Um, It did get a lot of people to buy the game and it got a lot of people to then move from that game to our user platform that we had previously. And that's where our competitive scene lived. And that's where Mm -hmm. we slowly started building until Age of Empires 2 DE came out. And we finally had those dedicated servers and a place for everyone to just kind of meet. And that was two years ago. And, And ever since then, I mean, our tournaments have just been off the scales compared to where we were uh, previously. So was it the definitive edition that really brought Age of Empires back to the spotlight? Um, I think it helped. I think AoE 2 was already in the spotlight because of a lot of our good content creators. Um, and the way we, we did things is a lot different from the way I, I think other esports have done them. I know like the companies are usually that make the game are usually the ones driving the competitive scene. For us, it was our content creators driving the competitive scene and then asking for money from Microsoft who for many years <laughs> did not, did not even want to communicate with it. I mean, we were playing on a bootleg platform, many of us with a bootleg version, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, DE gave them an excuse to kind of get involved. And once they did, we saw the fruits of that in especially 2019, 2020, 2021 have been incredible years for us. Like absolutely incredible. The bang for your buck that you get out of age of empires too compared to a lot of other esports is is insane and i'm so glad that microsoft finally realized that and we got the opportunity to have these big events that other other esports have right yeah uh, do you think you're in the most unique position because microsoft the publisher actually came back to you guys um you know you're already in a unique position where your content creation could could push esports and that's awesome but we've had some other grassroots uh, esports achieve similar, I guess, results, but then very few of them have the publisher come back and be like, "Actually, we kind of like you guys." You know, usually yeah. when they're gone, they're gone. Um, and not only has Microsoft come back to give you an actual good edition, the definitive edition, they're still producing content. They're like mm-hmm. still producing expansions and and DLCs. I think they're even still doing stuff for Age of Empires three, which, from my perspective, no one plays. Um, do you, do you think that you're in the most unique position for that? Are you appreciative of that, that Microsoft came back? And do you think other publishers could have the same feeling where they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have given up on this thing. Maybe we should come back and make it better. Yeah. Smash Bros. Melee <laughs> represent. <laughs> maybe Nintendo yeah. needs to stop shutting down all their events. <laughs> yeah, I was um, definitely thinking of that. Yeah. 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 Melee is a game that I, I think we have a lot in common with. Um yeah, I feel I feel blessed to be in a position like that because we have a lot of this way, right? And we've been in positions where people are willing to offer us money for stuff, but they have a caveat and we're, we don't want to do that. So we just say no. Um, or we say, well, no, we're not doing that, but you're going to give us the money anyway. <laughs> and then we'll just do it our own way, right? A lot of our tournaments, uh, it's it's very, very rare to have a big production company. It's very, very rare to have... Um, a company come from outside. Red Bull was really the exception um, to everything. And, and we'll probably talk about the Wallalo events later, but uh, usually Microsoft just gives 
streamers money to host a tournament and then they go and host it. So for example, they gave me 25,000 to host a tournament in January coming up um, with my friend T90 official. They've given him $50,000 multiple times in the past. Um, They gave Mem TV, another streamer, 75,000 in November to do a tournament. So it's just kind of like they, they know that they don't want to spend that excess cash on a production company or anything. And it's, it's far better for them to just give the money to the streamer who already has the audience already has the scenes already has, you know, contact with the players and everything. It can just pay a tournament admin out of their pocket. And then they keep the prize pool basically at the same amount that the company contributed. Uh, so it's a very, I, I feel really blessed, like I said before, to be in this position. And I know from talking to other people like Riley Knight, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a magic commentator, um, has also branched out to some other games. When I was talking to him um, when we worked together in the past, he was amazed at the amount of sway that we have and the amount of input that we get into events. Uh, and if we don't want to do something, we're just not. If we don't feel like it's good for the community, we just, we're just we just not doing it, basically. That is a unique position to be in. There are so many other sponsors and companies that like they 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 like the idea of of giving money to someone to do all the work but then they still require it to be like on a specific channel usually a new channel that no one's followed and then they're like why didn't we get as many views as this other tournament that was on this well-established channel and then you have to explain to them how twitch and streaming works (laughs) it just um it, it it really could be as simple for I think a lot of esports as was what you're talking about, but very rarely you're gonna get that from the uh publisher as my cat makes himself comfortable in all my equipment. Um it's like so- the focus group meeting <laughs> guy, you know? It's like, yeah, we love how natural you are. We love it. Can you just change a few things along <laughs> yeah. the way? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it is. It's it's can be really annoying, but it sounds like Microsoft is being kind of the I guess the best case of a of a publisher like not not totally controlling because that's what happened in StarCraft at one point. Blizzard came in and like kind of got rid of a lot of the grassroots and said we're going to make this tournament and um, as opposed to making it kind of align with the grassroots community, it kind of just devoured it. Um, and then when Blizzard was like, we don't we don't care anymore, we were like, well, okay, so you just you just leave. And that's always a fear of any esport that is primaris primarily like publisher developer backed. Mm-hmm. So one day they just could be like. It's not making as much money. Like, goodbye. <laughs> um, it's terrifying, really. But, you know, some of the more successful ones, Microsoft with Age of Empires, with Nick and also of, um, I think Mortal Kombat has uh, a circuit now where the publisher just came in, gave them money, and said also run all these things and just add points uh, to the circuit. And then you'll, you'll fight for, like, our tournament. And I was like, that's also a pretty good way of doing it. Um, it's a truly unique position. It sounds like Microsoft is is really, I guess, elevating themselves in the in the public's eye, actually, where Age of Empires 4 might not be the perfect game. And I guess I'm going to get your opinions on Age of Empires 4. Um, even that seems to be really elevating people's perception of Microsoft, that they're still investing into RTS and that they're still, by people's perception, of course, I mean mostly the RTS genre and community, which feel starved for more content but yeah we're still, the we're the lonely kid in class for sure yeah <laughs> yeah know? but still yeah. it's really nice to see the microsoft's doing it um do you you know did you do you have now fond i guess feelings about microsoft and the publisher do you trust them to actually develop a scene in age of empires 2 and 
Age of Empires 4, or is it just still more complicated than that? Uh, there's a Winston Churchill quote that I love. Um, he was talking about the Americans. He said, uh, uh, you can always trust the Americans to do the right thing after they've <laughs> exhausted every possible uh, alternative, yes. right? And that yes. is, um, th- I, I, I trust Microsoft to do the right thing eventually after they've seen <laughs> okay. that the other things don't work. So a lot of the distrust from us comes from uh, them shutting down MSN Gaming Zone when it was still popular. That's way back in the day. That's 2005. I still don't trust them <laughs> for that, right? Um, and then uh, releasing AW2 HD, which at, at the end of the day brought a lot of players back, but was a pure cash grab. It was not as good as the original game, hmm. which was made in 2000 or 1999, I guess, if you want to go down to Age of Kings. Um, it was laggy. It The graphics that they added weren't that much better. Um, you couldn't even spectate games, which we had had with a user patch we'd made in 2010. Um, so there was a lot of features missing and a lot of the distrust from me and from a lot of our other community members comes from that and the subsequent expansions they released. Now, DE was a good game, but it took it took months for it to be a good game. Okay. We had the servers, which is great because it's no longer peer-to-peer. Um, which was, you know, even the best games had a second or two of input lag, um, because of that. Cause you had to, you're literally going across the world. If you're playing with someone from Australia, uh, and sending your signal over to their PC. Right. But there was still a lot of errors, a lot of bugs and a lot of things to be worked out, um, with the definitive edition. And it's taken us time and the game is in a fantastic state now and they're continuing support so i trust them in terms of a way too um in terms of a way four i foresee there being a similar time period um and i'm not sure what to think about the company developing a way four relic because there was a lot of things pointed out early um that are still in the game that are not optimal i would say (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah 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 Yes, I agree. I, I played a you know fair bit, like most people did. And, mm-hmm. um, there are certainly things like the amount of bugs, you know, um, that 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 itself is already a bit concerning. But overall, it seems to have injected some much needed enthusiasm for the RTS fans and just another game to play that felt up to date. I guess is mm-hmm. is a word I'll use for. I actually feel like I don't. I, I look at the graphics and I kind of feel like they're maybe like six or seven years old. Not, but anyways, um, and, and that's good. That's the whole feeling of, of like, oh yeah, there's a future with Age of Empires four. With how well Age of Empires two is doing, do you feel stable? Do you feel like you can plan a few years out uh, in your current situation? I think so, and I think it. it- it has less to do with the esports scene. That's nice, um, but you don't know how long that's going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. The key for for me, and I would love some updates to Age of Empires Four to start doing this sort of content there. The key for me is community and um, uh, getting people involved in AOE Two. So, for example, of that, like a community game that I host for eight people will do better for me than a mid-level tournament that I'm casting hmm. or me casting a guy at the, and I pull it up occasionally and a we too, you can see the whole ladder and you can see the ongoing matches 
that are going on and you can sort by rating. So if I pull up, we, we have an ELO system that starts at 1000. So if I pull up someone at 200 rating, literally at the bottom, who's only won 15 games out of 800 that they've played, <laughs> I will get more viewers for that than I will for the, the two top players playing currently. Um, and it's because it's, I think it's because it's such a hard game and people relate with that type of stuff, right? They relate with the guy who builds all of his houses in a line and will not deviate from that line no matter what. And if they reach the end of the map, then they will start a second line right next to that. They, will, they won't kill any of their sheep. They will keep them walled up in a little pen, right? And people relate to that kind of stuff because that's how they played back in the day. And it's, it's just funny, you know? There's so many different ways to play the game. Any RTS, as you know, from StarCraft, there's so many different varieties and ways to play the game that uh, people want to see something different than just the meta. Um, and so I'm not really concerned as like an AOE content creator. I am concerned that age four doesn't really give me that functionality I need to, you know, get people involved in a game and, and have the full spectator uh, dashboard or ability um, to fully bring that story to people. Hopefully yeah. soon, though. I don't know. I, they <laughs> when I read their timeline. Yeah, it's so vague. Too. Four, and they're like, we'll add patrol in like yeah. spring. I was like, you need six months to add patrol. All yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, that is interesting. I, I wonder, and I'll get your take on this, how that, that branched that direction. Um, when I was on a community mostly funded organization called Base JTV years ago, I think we had the same sentiment, which is that if Blizzard stopped caring about StarCraft 2, as long as the servers were alive, we were fine because we were yeah. all community based. We were able to raise our money, give it to the players and then give, you know, and then make enough money off of our Twitch stream casting the thing. And it was just it worked. Right. But now that I'm mostly just a freelance commentator, uh, the lack of, you know, StarCraft 2 big major events would be quite worrying. But uh, anyways, the even when I was on that organization, it was still the pros that really got the views. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, you could get really top tier pros pretty, let's say cheap. Sounds sounds wrong, but yeah. Um, but that's what people wanted. And, you know, the free-for-alls, the 4v4s, the community nights, they're somewhat successful, but they're really not, I wouldn't say they're the driving force like you seem to be communicating right now. I mean, do you think this has to do with the way the games play? Is it just the base nature of the game? Or is it perhaps because StarCraft got this um, reputation so quickly and so so hard that it's it's super competitive and you can't do anything else except be the best. And Age of Empires too still feels like yeah, there's really good players, there's professional players who are much better than I am, but I don't care. I'm going to build my houses in a line, and do whatever I want. I mean, what what point in 20 years, I guess, between the two games did we have such a casual versus hardcore uh, split? I guess. <laughs> I think they're just two fundamentally different games. Yeah. You know, like Age of Empires, the all of our maps are generated randomly. Mm -hmm. Um so the resource spots are never the same. You can you can make it so, you know, your town center is going to be on average 8 8 to 10 tiles away from your starting gold and your other two will be on average 20 to 35 or whatever away from your town center, but it's always different, right? So even if you're going for some sort of meta play, you're always going to have to adapt. And I think that feeds its way down to the lowest levels. Um, there's also things like just the, the slow buildup. You know, you can in, in 
let's say you get to feudal age in nine minutes, 10 minutes. Um, that's if you have like a very clean opening. If you don't have a clean opening, you could get to feudal age at 16 minutes. That's a huge difference. And that's a disparity of only, you know, four or 500 ELO on the ladder. And it's, it, it's really hard to get good at the game. So people just enjoy <laughs> being bad and they, and they want to enjoy, um, the things that they can do while they're at that lower level, you know, whether that's role play or whether that's yeah. walling up and, and building a pretty town or, you know, making as much siege as possible and waiting until two hours and then losing your army in 10 seconds and calling the GG. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just how there's so many different ways people can play the game. And I'm not, I'm not super familiar with Starcraft. I, I cast one, uh, show match set with Rotterdam, mm-hmm. um, and I guess Cyril and oh, who else was playing? The Cyril, Viper was oh from Starcraft. I think it might have been Rainer. Cyril and Rainer, yeah, maybe. And then it was Viper and Hera for Maywe too. Right. And then I played, I played a bit the night before, but that's my entire experience with Starcraft was just <laughs> Starcraft two. That's it, yeah. like nothing else. And it just seemed, it seemed, you know, getting into the game, it seemed like I needed to go try hard. Age of Empires, I load into the game and I hear the music and I see my villagers <laughs> and I tell them to ch- chop a train. They're like, choppa, you know, and it sounds so peaceful. <laughs> and Starcraft, I get in there and it's just like, need more materials. I'm like, oh, fuck, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I am start like spamming my keyboard. You know, it just feels like I need to, That's I need funny. to be a gamer to yeah. play it. You know, it's just That's a different so vibe. It is a different vibe, and yeah. it's it's one that doesn't work well for me, who really likes StarCraft's vibe and how fast it is. And honestly, because I'm being hyper-competitive, I just, like, I play other games, and, like, 9% of other games are slower, like any other game, not even just RTS, yeah. and they're slower. Yeah. And I'm just like, be faster, be StarCraft, darn it, which, you know, isn't fair, because other people like other things. And, yeah, absolutely, a lot of Age of Empire players, they're, they they enjoy the process a bit more is what it mm-hmm. feels like. And I can't do that when I play Age of Empires. If I play a 40-minute game and 38 minutes is not doing anything but, like, building and, and building walls, other people will enjoy that. And they'll be like, yeah, I, you know, made, like, this different and that different. And I went yeah. for this composition to end the game in three minutes instead of this composition. And I'm like, no, 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 that, that's not for me. But you can see how it works out for other people because they can do a little bit more of that role play. They can do a little bit more of the uh, the sandbox type of play that we were doing when we were younger and we didn't care about winning. It, right, it's a very different vibe. And I guess it worked out beautifully for the resurgence of the community and just everyone feeling that vibe, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your experience, how, how many Age of Empire fans, people that come into your stream, other you know, people that you work with, how how much are they into the RTS genre? Um, and how many have played StarCraft? Because those kind of are always two different questions. I would say most of them have played stuff like Civilization. Okay. Um, or like Rise of Rome or or something like that. Um, but a lot of our community, a good portion of our community is very sheltered in just us. Yeah. Um, and it's very rare. Like there were there were fans that that knew a little bit about StarCraft or whatnot, but they were in the minority for sure. Um, most people were pulled to Age of Empires 2 via YouTube, and that's how they okay. found Twitch. Uh, so we didn't get a lot of those like roving esports fans. They might show up for the big events, 
and be a nuisance in chat and we just end up timing them out because <laughs> they don't know how to <laughs> behave themselves properly um but uh we didn't really we didn't really get a lot of those a lot of the people that are involved with us enjoy the slower paced games um or the build-ups or whatnot they don't really want to play competitively themselves they're interested in watching others mm-hmm. especially decision making like a lot of our slower players have a lot of the biggest fan bases um, because people want to see how they compete against the guys with super high APM, like Hera or Leary or Viper. Sure. Um, and I think that that stretches back to the fact that they're the YouTube crowd. They watch something after they get home from work or after they put the kids to bed or something. And, and they're not mm. really into the whole ultra competitive RTS scene. You know, That's actually kind of fascinating. You're making me think of other branching out conversations which i hesitate to get into because i feel like I take up all our time but go ahead go ahead um, I, don't, I don't care i'm a streamer i have nothing to do i don't have a job like come on there's you know well a bit of a bunch of conversations here so right now in the twitch youtube social media sphere there's kind of this developing idea that twitch itself is a terrible platform for like up and comers for Mm -hmm. people who really want to get bigger numbers for people who want to make a living twitch is actually a terrible platform that is becoming a realization more so than ever before because before it was like yeah you have to be lucky but now it's like well you have to be lucky but also do all these other things that are much better for instance youtube so there's a lot of people who are now pushing you know like do 25 percent of your work on twitch and 75% of your work doing other things, building other content, other places, organizing and networking. And it's kind of this new idea, new-ish idea, um, because it's taken hold so much, I think. But it works with what you're talking about, too, which is kind of astounding. I never thought about this way. In a way, the fact that StarCraft and Twitch, really, they came up together. They literally came up together. Let anyone tell you differently, Twitch was made because of StarCraft, whatever. We are start. We are Twitch, but Twitch is this this platform where if you're not watching it live, you'd never go back to watch the vods. Mm-hmm. Who would do that? Even if you do, you have to like scroll to like a seven hour vod. Like no one's gonna do that. <laughs> well, you'd Even be surprised YouTube. actually. Have well, so many some VOD people watchers. do. That is yeah. true. We we've had like a hundred plus hours of StarCraft in one week or something insane, and people were like, "I watched everything." And you're like. But why? <laughs> why we, did you we call them weirdos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. But anyways, but YouTube made it so much more accessible. And it's almost like, it almost sounds like one of the reasons Age of Empires kind of had this almost like out of nowhere for the general public, I suppose, resurgence is like maybe because you guys were on YouTube, because it was so convenient for these casual people to go on and watch a YouTube video, oftentimes with people that are, you know, maybe slow on APM like they are. And then that, that's what they do, you know? and it times out so weirdly with something that happened to me recently, which is like my YouTube kind of blew up just for no good reason, apparently. But I'm getting all these same comments, which are like, I never watch Twitch. I never go there. I didn't know your name. I didn't know your your voice, even though I've watched these other videos. Because I just, they're not ingrained, mm-hmm. right? They're not super ingrained in a scene. They're just kind of passing by and they enjoy it. And it feels like Age of Empires might have just hit that nice, that, that actually worked out in your favor, where initially missing the Twitch boom might have sounded like a bad thing. But if you were there consistently building up the YouTube, I think that actually might have turned out better <laughs> than, than being, you know, whatever helped make Twitch. No one really cares about that anymore for StarCraft. Just um, I'm a little mini rant here. It's just fascinating to think about that, that YouTube might have actually contributed a lot to your success. Yours specifically is as well as Age of Empires. Um, I can point to one video. 
I can point to one video. The reason we have Age of Empires 2 DE, the reason we have Age of Empires 4, the reason we have Age of Empires 1 DE, Age of Empires 3 DE. And I'm going to get a lot of people that disagree with me. And this is a, this is a hot take. But there's one video from T90 Official. It's called Force Nothing What. And we advised him. This was back when he was averaging, like, God, he was getting, like, 50 viewers. And we were casting tournament games together, right? So this Force Nothing What video is basically a community game. And the entire map is forest. And you start okay. with a TC in the forest. And you have to chop your way. It's like four hours. It's an odyssey. <laughs> like you have to, you have to chop um, for enough space to build a house so you can make more villagers. And then you have to chop, delete the house for enough space to make a farm so you can oh slowly God. get food to go up to the next stage, right? And you're chopping forever. So before this video, um, the highest amount of views we would get on Age of Empires two content would be things like Zero Empires, which would max out at like couple hundred thousand a hundred thousand whatever for competitive games and he wasn't very active in streaming or we would have spirit of the law who would do like mathematical analysis of how good an eco upgrade is and his videos are amazing but none of those people came to twitch right they'd just watch mm -hmm. it solely on youtube this video i saw my friend's average viewer count go from like 50 if that like that was a good day to 500 overnight and then it went up to a thousand and then it was 2000 and then it was people branching out to every single content creator. Everyone yeah. got a boost from it. Um, and then his first, I think he has a video outlining the numbers, his first tournament, he really hosted hidden cup. I think it was like 5,000 viewers concurrent and he was over the moon. Like no one expected that. The second one, which was like six months later was I think 17,000. The third one that was a year later, and that was after DE was um, was released, the third one was uh, 55,000. And then the fourth one was previous year, and that was 65. So it's just like, it was just this exponential growth, and it all started with that one video. And... That video predates the announcement for AOE2DE. It predates the announcement for AOE1DE, AOE3DE, AOE4 by about two years. And that's when our tournaments really started to pick up and the numbers on Twitch really started to reflect. And that's when Microsoft started to realize that they can sell expansions for HD and they can sponsor tournaments again. Dang. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, that's... Um... As you said, maybe other people will disagree and point to other factors, right? But oh yeah, oh no uh... one want no one wants to ever give anyone who's popular <laughs> credit. No one ever wants to do it. You know this. Like like you will have so much support as a small streamer, and he did as well. He did exactly the same thing. Had so much support uh, from people. You know, I love this guy. I love this guy. As soon as you get big, oh, people come out of no like of people course. come out of their yeah. attics, their basements to <laughs> you know start giving you zero credit for anything that you do. Yeah, absolutely. And they give the next like kind of small guy a yeah, lot of credit. Yeah. It's it, it is kind of funny how that works out. And then they get too big and they it, it just um yeah. it, it is interesting. But at that whole process, that's that's super cool. It's amazing that just it felt like it, whether you want to put it on this one video, this one guy or not, but just the idea that it really was the the community that pushed it to a point where a very big company was like, Oh yeah, I guess well, I guess we'll look into this again. Yep. It, it might not have been so like impossible. It's not the 
it didn't keep the ball rolling, but it, it was the initial push. Mm. And from sure. there, um, there were more viral videos. And it's just YouTube has always been our, I mean, I, I worked in marketing. So in marketing, you have, you know, the funnel, right? Um, okay. Where you have your general advertising that feeds into everything up. That's like the sales funnel. And it, and then the final sale is the tiny little percentage of people that that get there, right? The conversions. Mm. YouTube is our big funnel. So we get a lot of people up here with the YouTube views. Some come to Twitch for one channel like his. His had a lot of followers before he moved to Facebook. Um, and then a certain lesser percentage than that moves out to all the other streamers in the category. And then a very small percentage of that moves out to other areas on Twitch <laughs> after that. Yeah. So that's how that's how our funnel, our sales funnel works for AWE2. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. It's a very... Uh, good background to have, actually. I think for this for this job. Uh, so you are. We're, we're talking a lot about appealing to basically a casual fan base. Now, when you're casting, we haven't really talked a lot about that yet. But when you're a commentator, because um, you're talking a lot about content creation, and it often goes hand in hand. But as a commentator, when you're casting these big events, let's say some of the recently very big ones, um, like Wololo. Are you taking into consideration that you're trying to appeal to this this general, uh, very laid back fan base, or do you actually put in the the technical details and insight? I mean, is that what still gets people excited, or is it more about just I don't know actually how Age of Empire casting works? So you tell me. <laughs> it's it's really difficult because it's a game that you can get. It's probably the same thing with StarCraft. Like you could you could nerd out over the littlest of things, all right? Um, but that drives a lot of people away. Right. So it's really tough to find a, a balance there. I think it took me years to find that. And I believe that I've gotten pretty good at it. Um, but it's not really something I can put into words, right? I mean, hmm. It's in the back of my head 100%, 100% of the time. Am okay. I appealing to the the people? Like, if I'm explaining a strategy, what I'll say is, you know, instead of saying, um, oh, he went for the wall there, or he didn't go for the wall there, I will say something like, a lot of players will go for a wall on that side because, mm -hmm. or he's done this thing where he's made forward production buildings, and I'll, I'll explain it, and I'll say, like, a lot of players wouldn't make those forward production buildings, and they'd get punished for it because their units would take so long to get there. Right. So it doesn't sound too idiotic to the players that are at a high level in the chat or the people that have watched a lot of uh, esports. And that's what I'm trying to avoid. I don't want to come off as a complete idiot, but it's also very um, accessible to the people who are new uh, yeah. there. And it kind of explains the point of view. Right. So I have a few of those little tricks that I use along the way. And those are things that like I didn't always have. You accrue them over many years, yeah. you know, you, you figure it out by mistake one time, oh, this goes over well, and then you start using it uh, as you go forward. So I'm sure you, I'm sure you have a lot of them, whether consciously or, or subconsciously, yeah. uh, that you've keep stored away. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, we have kind of a, I don't know how to say, like, we, we have like a lineage you can kind of trace back to some of the people who initially started casting StarCraft and really... Some of the OG just esports commentators in mm -hmm. general, guys who were doing Quake back then, um, you know, a lot of them kind of converged into StarCraft because it became the popular esport at the time. 
history lesson aside, we kind of have this lineage of, of looking at where casters have come from, what they did to get better, and what the the you know standard, the gold standard of of casting is now for our esport. Uh, do you feel like you have that? Do you feel like Age of Empires has its standout commentators that really showed the way and that there's a gold standard that you all are hitting? Or are you very much feeling like it's you're developing the commentating style and other people are following your footsteps? I think every single commentator is different for AOE2. It's, there is no proper way to do it. And I've been surprised many times by what people find entertaining. So I, I, I think there's, you can teach people things and I've certainly learned a lot from the guys who have come before me. Um, but everyone has their own style and it's so distinct that we can't really look at emulating, you know, like, hmm, how do I explain it? We, so we have, right now we have four major commentators for, for AOE2 and it's, it's myself, it's my friend uh, T90 Official. Um, who we talked about earlier. It's Mem TV, who's a crazy Spanish dude that does like Spanish football style commentating for Age of Empires. Ah, okay. You think it's a slow game. And he's like, oh, look at the manga. Oh, ba, 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 da, boom. <laughs> you know, and he, he's going red in the face and it's and it's awesome and it's hype. Um, and then we have uh, Nilly, who's uh, a German guy and is super analytical, is a pro player himself and um, will always analyze whether... You know, instead of being involved in the hype of the moment, he's going to be like, oh, was that a good trade? Hmm. You know, like think, thinking about things like that. So it's very it's very tough, I think, to uh, point to someone as the gold standard. If I had to pick one, I think it would be my friend, T90 Official. Um, he's the one who kind of blew up faster than anyone else. And um, like I said before, I believe he's the reason we are where we are. And his commentating style is very calm almost until it's not. And it's kind of dorky in a way. It's very relatable, I think. And and okay. sometimes I get a little bit too hyped um, or I'm speaking too fast. And I'm always looking to him as inspiration to slow down. Um, because I think getting too quick and trying to be too technical with the casting sometimes hurts you um, more than it helps, especially with a, a slower game where our average game is 30 to 40 minutes long. Right. Yeah. And your battles last a yeah. decent bit longer as yeah. well. All right. Uh, so those are the four casters who cast Wololo. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> get that out there. And it's, I guess it's accurate that they are on the, the forefront. So that's good to know. Do you, see any other commentators coming up is this becoming a situation where there could be other people making a living off of this or is it still pretty centralized and it would be incredibly difficult for someone to come up as a commentator um i think it's easy well it's it's easy and it's hard it's easy in that it's not hard to break into the framework you just have to have a popular channel (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or be a good tournament host, you know, <laughs> because we're we're dictating where the competitive scene goes uh, with what we're hosting. So like an example would be Lita Core, who got involved a couple years ago um, with Age of Empires 2 DE. And he hosts his own events and he's been involved casting um, with some of our big ones. Um, or Lou's another guy who's been around for a long time. There's there's a bunch of smaller mid-level casters. Um 
And the issue for them is that there's only so much room at an event like Red Bull Wallalo. Right. And though there was only five of those events. There's mm-hmm. not like any other big corporate stuff. There might be show matches for sponsors, um, random tournaments and whatever. But unless you're hosting it, you're not really the main guy. Um, or unless you're co-casting with whoever is hosting it. Uh, for the grand finals of the semis. So it's easy in that there's no corporate structure to bash your your head against the wall, right? Like I can't get in. God damn it. I'm not approved by the focus groups. What blah 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 blah. <laughs> right. The general public doesn't like me, blah blah. Um but it's hard in that you have to build your own following before you can really get uh something moving. Yeah. And that's becoming increasingly bigger issues for everyone actually across the scene. I've talked to people who are very well-established peer commentators and even they are talking about how like they need to start getting a following and like the rise of streamers coming on to typically esports, like professional suit and tie stuff is getting more popular. So it's, mm-hmm. it's actually a bit of an issue everywhere, but obviously, especially when you're in a very close knit uh, community. So on Actually, the subject of, of Wololo, we can talk about this a little bit. So Wololo, obviously, like Red Bull Wololo, it was this huge thing because Red Bull's really cool. <laughs> I think they've established that in esports. They did all the, they've done all the, the aesthetics are always very good. The promotion's always very good. The way they treat everyone there is also very good. This mm-hmm. is just behind the scenes kind of knowledge. I hope it's the same for you anyway. Oh, it's exactly the same. Okay, yeah. good. Um, and you know, they're always willing to experiment and do different things. And so Red Bull, I think is actually very like well loved by most esports. and anyone who's not along with Red Bull wishes they were Starcraft wishes we could get Red Bull back, but we can't, <laughs> um, because of, of history with Blizzard <clears throat> anyways, the, but the Red Bull, Wololo, it's awesome. It's cool. It's like, wow, they're actually interested in RTS. The rumor was that two years ago they were thinking about doing Warcraft three and then reforge the flipping disaster and they're like oh was it i didn't hear that oh yeah that's the rumor that's (laughs) the i don't can't say who i got it from or how true it is but that's the rumor is that reforge is a disaster and so they're like nope pivot (laughs) and they just kept on doing age of empire stuff um but anyways like you you guys apparently are holding up this event which has gotten bigger and bigger you know recently doing in the castle is pretty cool but uh going to the specifics a little bit four commentators and a host mm-hmm. right but still four commentators for what is a you know, legitimate tournament over the weekend or four or five days however long it was uh six days apparently it did did you feel comfortable with that amount of work did you not even really realize <laughs> it was work because it was so fun do you wish they had four other commentators to give you guys a break the thing is like honestly the thing with us Every time we partner with, um, like Riley was there, he was, he was the host, right? So he was technically the fifth, I guess, on, on person. And Brittany was there for the last few days. Um, every single time we talk to a production company or uh, another caster from another scene, um, they're always, they're always apologetic. They're like, oh, it's going to be like a four hour day. Like, uh, okay. Like, and, and even for Red Bull, you know, it's going to be a long one. It might be eight hours today. We're just like, like we've, we've done tournaments where it goes 12, 13, 14 hours. Like Mm -hmm. age of empires two is a slog. And part of the, one of the fundamental things to being a caster is having good stamina. Um, and days like that, they were long. The worst thing about that, that, last red bull wallow five was you know you couldn't eat inside the castle because of covid restrictions 
Um, so we didn't have any breaks to really go get lunch. And then all the restaurants were closed by the time we got home for dinner. <laughs> so, yeah, Europe, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it was like McDonald's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, in terms of workload, no, we were even thinking like four commentators is maybe like we were amazed. We thought that was too much. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That is that is pretty amazing. I mean, I've gone through the whole slog. I've been casting for 10 years. Those don't know me. Um and I went through the whole slog for about two or three years where I was casting every day, mm-hmm. hours, just me and one other guy. And, you know, I was actually kind of done with that. <laughs> but this is also a more casual setting. I feel like I was, um, this was like on our personal Twitch stream and we could be funny and ignore the chat or yeah. just talk to the chat, whatever we wanted to do, right? But when it came to these bigger events, especially in the online era, which we'll just touch on a little bit, um, bigger events where you felt like you had to be kind of like, really on camera you know what i mean like you're really on and they're eight hours and you do the thing and you turn off the the video and then you're like great i'm at my computer still yeah it's been it's been tough man it's been tough i don't know if in general you've had similar feelings or you guys are really still comfortable doing the slog the the eight plus hours sometimes 14 even online is it something that you've adapted to or actually never found that much of a problem with I find it's the before and after that kills me. The during, I have no problem because the during, there's a job to be done and you just do it, right? Mm -hmm. And if I get fatigued and I I find myself getting fatigued around the five hour mark and then it lasts for about an hour and then I get my second wind and then I'm fatigued again at like the 10 hour mark, God forbid, we go into one of those (laughs) epic, you know, we've had semifinal days where it's like 13, 14, 15 hours. But um I find before a big event, like, especially if it's not my channel, um, if it's a corporate thing sponsored by someone, I don't want to do it in like the first 10 minutes before I, I, I get on the stream, right? I'm setting up my camera, I'm setting up my microphone, and I'm just like, what if I told them I wasn't feeling well? <laughs> what if I told them that, right? And I don't I don't know where that comes from because I get excited for it the days before. And then right before I start, I just have to kind of like, I always just kind of slap myself. I'm like, you're doing this because you promised someone you would do it and you need to live up to your word, right? You can't just dip out. Um, so that's that's a problem. And then I get into it and it's fine. Um, and then when I when I get off, there's like this weird feeling of I I don't know if you've ever done like theater or anything. I used to do theater when I was in high school and a little bit past that in middle school. Like I went to theater camp every summer. My mom, I don't know what she she thought it was going to be the next Brad Pitt or whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's this feeling you get like you get a, a tremendous sense of adrenaline during the show and then there's a little bit of that after the show and then after that initial burst post show you get this really like low downtime and that's me after casting uh an event of especially over multiple days or you know in front of a lot of people i get this really kind of almost like depressive downtime where I'm really wondering, like, how much of an impact did I have, you know? And I'm, like, checking YouTube comments even before the YouTube oh, no. VOD has been watched, <laughs> right? Just because I'm, like, I'm at such a low state at that point, And I know it only lasts, 
it only lasts for a couple hours and I usually go for a walk. I usually go for a walk and I, I go for like buy smokes or something and just like get over it. And then I'm, you know, and I'm wow. good to go. Yeah. It's really weird. It's really, really strange. Yeah, that is. I, I mean, not to put it down or anything, but it is a bit, it's a bit odd. Um, It sounds the way you're putting it, it sounds kind of negative, but apparently it's just part of the process The come down. The- I, Oh, tr- trust me. I'll trade that away for, I'll trade that <laughs> okay, away yeah. for free. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was gonna say, like, going to YouTube comments immediately after, man. I um, yeah. That's uh, I guess. Speak, speaking of talking about a comment topic, you know, criticism. And are you looking at comments online at all for like legitimate feedback? You know, when yes. you're not just feeling like in a bad mood. Yep. So you do look for the general public feedback, and how much weight do you put on it? I have a general. Now it's it's hard to keep this rule because. As you know, you can tell yourself that the negative comments don't mean anything, but they hit a lot harder than the than the positive ones do. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, everyone knows that's ever made anything. Um, I I read it. I try to read everything uh, because wow. I, I feel like even if the negative comments are there and I shouldn't put much weight on them, there is a little grain of truth in either if, in every single one, and I think I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't pay attention to that, like I, I, the number one term I hate um, when it comes to casting, when people are giving advice and it's usually people that haven't casted before or at a high level is ignore the haters. I yeah. feel like you, you shouldn't ignore them because that's a significant amount of the population that you could potentially be uh, pleasing at some point, or they could be enjoying your content at some point. Now, whether you should give them the same weight as the hundred positive comments that came before that one negative comment is, is uh, a different issue, right? I try and, and weigh them evenly. So if I see a number of negative comments and I'm lucky, I don't get that, that many on average. Um, Cause I'm a pretty generic, you know, English first language voice and, and whatnot. I will, if I get one negative comment, I will look at how many positives there are. And if there's 50 positives and one negative, I'll take the feedback from that negative, but I won't really let it impact me that much. Right. Or I'll try not to anyway. Hmm. That's a, yeah, that could get brutal really quick, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as you said, it's kind of hard to keep to the rules. I, I think everyone actually has some rules. I have some rules, which is that. Uh, one, I don't go beyond like two scroll downs on Reddit, you know, to the super downvoted comments. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and then two, I, uh, I, I generally take like the average, I guess, where it's just, if enough negative comments say the same thing, then there, there is a problem. Um, but obviously there's only so much you can take from a negative comment. That's like your woman stop casting. Right. Like it's kind of, move that's on just, that yeah, one. that, that is just <laughs> like, that is not even a negative comment. That's just a completely useless comment. Like, yeah, Oh, thanks. Exactly. I guess I'll just go change that then and, yeah, and come yeah. back, you know? I, yeah. I think that's maybe the, the, the important thing, right. Is kind of be also able to differentiate between the, just the yeah. useless comments and the negative comments. Um, cause the negative comments, especially if they're, you know, at least well done, people really learn need to learn how to give criticism mm. by the way, just like general thought there are people out there who swear and i think they're legit that they are trying to give you advice legitimately they want you to be better or something along those lines and they suck at giving advice yeah anyways um but yeah you need to like be able to differentiate between the two yeah Um, if if i see a comment that's like you're bald i'm like okay (laughs) 
know, and like, and you know how Twitch works. Like that will be the entire live <laughs> yeah. live feed as soon as I get on, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I just it just washes over me at this point. Like I I can't take any feedback from that. But if someone mm-hmm. says, you know, um, co-commentator laughing like a baboon too much, then that maybe they don't want to have a good time. Maybe they're a negative person, but also makes me watch back and see if I was having too good of a time or if I was laughing too often when I should have been maybe spacing them out a little bit more, you know? Yeah. So that's like a semi, that's a 50, 50 or that's like mm-hmm. 50% <laughs> useful and 50% like just bro, <laughs> like, yeah. have a good time, you know, chill out a little bit. Uh, but it's, it's, I guess most interesting is learning which content creators actually even bother to go that far yeah. as to look as far as their, um, their comments go. Cause you know, I, I really can't blame people who are just like, nope, never, never go anywhere, never read anything. If I want feedback, I get from my peers. And I'm like, that makes sense. Um, and I, I can see, you know, the points that you're making that I do. I think I do it a little bit more than some other co-commentators. It's how you navigate, I suppose. Um, but on the continued subject of, of listening to criticism, do you feel like you are more uh, obligated to listen to the general public? because you are kind of a community heading figure, right? You're not someone who's just hired in because they're good on camera and they come into the scene and then they're gone the next day. Um, Does that affect you? Or you think even if you did, say, do a StarCraft event once, you would still go and read those comments? That's the Actually, that's the only video that I don't read comments on. Yeah, okay. Is the one StarCraft (laughs) show match I did because they didn't tell me they didn't tell me they were going to be using my feed and I told them my feed was unusable. So I have a, oh. I have a really terrible, I used to have a laggy PC and they asked okay. me to record it and start the Starcraft recording was fine, but the AOE2 DE, I was having problems at the time. Um, so it was just, it was just trash. <laughs> like it was just, <laughs> it was, it was the thing I was least proud. I didn't even build them for it. Like I cannot bill uh, somebody for something if I don't feel like I've done a good job. And I feel like <laughs> I, I ruined that with my crappy PC. So, um, no, as far as listening to the general public, I think you have to like define general public because general public does not equal the person that has 20 posts on Reddit in the last hour on the subreddit. It does not equal the people on AOE Zone, which is our website where the hardcore community fan base mm-hmm. gathers, right? Doesn't it it doesn't equal those people. Those people are always going to have complaints um because they want better and they've seen better you know they saw a good event two years ago and they expect every single event to be up to that standard uh because they have that in their mind general public is to me overall twitch viewers the lurkers um the people who are posting on youtube if you get a certain ratio of comments uh for that the people who are tuning into the stream if your viewer number is high it's high for a reason if it's low it's probably low for a reason especially if you have a good following and that's how I judge, right? Like general numbers. If you're talking about Twitter threads or something like that, like I just, <laughs> at this point, I am who I am. You know who I am. And I'm going to try and and continue living up to the values that I've had this entire time. And if you want to go on and rant on Twitter, I'll listen to you, but I won't 100% agree. And I can't guarantee I'm going to change my, uh, change how I do things. So, mm. That's another good point. It's you got to make sure to realize that there is, and I say this in every single time 
it, there's so many times where I, I am still reminded, even if I'm trying to remind myself, there is a whole section of people that just aren't speaking. They're yep. not going to tell you what they like or disliked, but they're going to show up or not show up. So you need to always consider that. And that's usually something that I tell myself when I'm talking about maybe casting to a more general public, someone who's not super into StarCraft 2, like got to scale back on the technicalities. And that's something I'm thinking of when I think of StarCraft 2 as a hardcore esport, is that actually the amount of people that go and watch a YouTube video of BCQD massing a thousand Marines for no good reason is it's insanely like it's higher viewed than than the super good two players that fight right it's just such a big community that we can't really ever get in touch with and in, in a way it's almost kind of it's almost kind of scary you feel like you don't have a lot of direction or a lot of influence on that but mm-hmm. i guess that comes down to what you're talking about which is looking at the the viewers well seeing if, if that's a success now you know how uh tv producers felt back in the day right ratings ratings yeah. ratings they had no they had no feedback live anyway so you, if you just think about it like a, like a television show, right? You, obviously, you're not having the same amount of production, but people are watching you for a reason. And if there's more watching you, sometimes it's luck, sometimes. But a lot of the times it's viewer retention and it's people who are enjoying the content. So mm-hmm. you just kind of have to ride that wave without changing yourself for the wave. Sure, um, yeah. Which I'm really, that's that's my number one struggle is like, I see high viewer numbers, but I'm doing something that I don't necessarily enjoy. So it's like, how can I change it up? Don't leave these people alienated, but change it so that I actually am having fun. Yeah, that's another struggle for sure. It's just like what we're actually good at or what we actually have an interest in and what um, the wave, as you put it, is kind of kind of telling us to do yeah. um and this kind of segues nicely into maybe a little last question last roundup which is age of empires 4 so um you know the, the the wave is now age of empires 4 the new game the the fresh game the one that has uh to a lot of people who aren't in the rts or age of empire scene the one that's going to have the most up-to-date capabilities mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily true but still um do you feel pressure to really get into Age of Empires 4? Do you want to get in Age of Empires AoE 4? You kind of already mentioned that maybe you're going to be doing some casting soon, so I think the answer is yes. But um, do you think it's going to be another staple of your career, or is it going to be one of those things that you kind of dabble with? I'm trying to balance it right now. I've already done some events. I've done three or four or five god how long has it been i don't know i've done some events um already online (laughs) stuff of course um and i'm involved with um elite gaming channel uh their casting rotation and i'll be involved with a few other events uh coming up the the problem for me is that it's just it's harder to cast that game they don't it doesn't have the functionalities that i want i have to have all the pro players on my friends list to even see the matches that they're playing in. Um, And it just, it it feels weird. And I don't think that's a bad thing because I've been playing the same game for 20 years that a new one feels strange and isn't in my comfort zone and whatnot. But I am trying, I'm trying to balance that a little bit uh, with Age of Empires 2. Now, AOE 4 on a whole, I think, has been great so far. The launch was so much better than any of us expected. We expected the game to flop uh, because huh, we wow. we played it in the in the beta, you know, and in the 
um, stress test and whatnot. And, and they fixed a few things with it and um, it actually got to a place where it's fun to play. So it's brought a lot of players together from Starcraft, uh, from Warcraft, from AWE2, from other genres. Um, and it's just about keeping that momentum going. I've, I've been a little bit concerned because I've seen it fall off over the Christmas yeah. holidays, which is very concerning because that's when AOE2 always got the highest traffic was yeah, Christmas yeah. holidays. Um, but I think a large part of that is is it's just getting stale for people, right? There's not a lot of updates. Uh, Relic has been a little bit slow uh, with their changes and bug fixes especially. And hopefully they can come back and, and hit us with some new stuff that changed the meta a little bit. I mean, the good thing about AoE 4 is that it's an, it's an easy game to get involved with. Like, the start for AoE 4 is so simple. You know, you send you send a couple people to the sheep or the berries, you send a couple to the gold and a couple to the wood, and you're up at a competitive time to yeah. everyone. Like, it's, it's like 10 actions, right? If you look at AoE 2, you got to lure the boar, you got to scout the map, you got to oh, find yeah, your, yeah. your stuff, you got to, you know... And it's it's very punishing if you don't have it all in the right order. With AoE four, it's it's a very simple opening, and that it lets you be more competitive in games. And I think that's a good thing for drawing the that vast player base uh, from other RTS. It's not as intimidating as another game might be. I don't know. I don't know how you feel playing it. Um, do you find it easy or? Well, so I, I I see your point absolutely. I think you're right. It is easier. It's, yeah, when you brought up boar, you know, it, I was like, oh, okay, I remember. Because I did allow my chat once to backseat me when I played Age of Empires oh, 2. Oh, God, never, and never. Was, yeah, never. They are like, do this thing and that thing. You're already too lit on that thing. And I was like, <laughs> okay, it doesn't feel like I should be doing all that much, but I guess I should. But Age of Empires 4, it's been, yeah, a little more casual-minded. I, I personally, I played the game as I played a lot of other RTSs. And you know, we're talking about two of the biggest RTSs for its esports scene, as well as its, you know, actual player base. But you know, there are so many other RTSs that came out, like Northgard and Tooth and Tail, and mm -hmm. like the Warhammer one, whatever. But um, I basically played it like that, which is that I enjoyed it. I like RTS, but I couldn't really get hooked into it. And one of the big things is that I don't like how it, how it moves. <laughs> I don't. I actually think Age of Empires 2 has a better like movement feeling. Yeah. I can't get any more specific than that. But um it it does it opened up a new, as I was saying earlier, like a new world where people were just really eager to play a new RTS that was foundationally good. And I think Age of Empires 4 is, despite its bugs and I guess OP strategies right now and all that. But uh I am also seeing that fall off that you were talking about and I, I do wonder if that's that's an issue or not. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna it, see it like a little bit. It wonder. It makes me wonder if it's a it's a foundational issue because uh, foundationally, I think the game is good too as well. If it's a foundation issue or if it's like just a top level issue where mm -hmm. we can scale some of the stuff like Springolds back a little bit more, oh, God, scale yeah. some of the siege back, or if this kind of style of stalemate play that we've seen a lot or you know the one trick pony sieves that that we see is um a symptom of you know having to make the landmarks to go up and having to keep them safe especially in team game having to keep the landmarks safe from those fire lancers is honestly almost impossible yeah. at this point so it makes me wonder if it's if 
the reason it's losing players is because of the the base game or if it's because of just some things that we can tweak um, yeah i i do think end game is a big disappointment i think one of the things that the biggest credit i give to age of empires as someone who prefers blizzard rts's uh is that i think their battles are really cool mm-hmm. like they're they're minutes long there's a couple of like maneuvers they they kind of feel like that grand scale battle that you would want um less sci-fi right so you have the horses come in from one side to get the archers and the pikemen barely yep. get into you know like that's cool but then age of empires 4 right now is a lot of siege and you're just like this isn't as cool. Cannon smoke. You can't see anything. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's like exactly. Snoop Dogg is on the battlefield sometimes. <laughs> like I, I cannot see. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it just took away the coolest factor. You know, I understand that you're supposed to scale technology and higher tech supposed to, you know, but, but it just, it, it, the, the fights aren't as cool. Yeah. A- anyways. So, um, I have to ask this question. I have to, even though we're going over time, someone from age of empires 2 age of empire 4 comes out you play it you probably were in on some of the deets before it was announced whatever how how has the community in your shoes been the age of empire 2 fan base how has it taken age of empires 4 because you're right we've seen people transfer and mingle between rts's but then i have definitely seen examples of people being really angry that yep. it's dumbed down that it's not age of empires 2 um are you content with this split do you think the community could do a lot better to embrace it or do you think that age of empires 4 really needs to deserve it i have said this multiple times i do not like uh people going into aoe 4 spaces and especially aoe 2 fans and shitting on the game because it might not be what you want it might not be the game you want to play but you're giving us such a bad name and it's Mm. so like it's so stupid you know, like we have we have this opportunity. You want to grow AoE too. You're not going to grow it by going somewhere else and, and shouting, you guys suck, your game sucks, blah, blah, blah. Like we have this huge opportunity of RTS players, even if you're just looking solely at AoE 2, this huge opportunity of them playing AoE 4. What if they ever get tired of AoE 4? Are they going to come back and check out AoE 2? Maybe a, a percentage of them. Are they going to do that if the only AoE 2 references they've seen have been idiots in Twitch chat? saying your game sucks come play oe2 no they're not gonna they're they're not gonna do that and it's already created like these battle lines you can see it on the aoe4 subreddit if you mention aoe2 you will be downvoted so quickly your topic will be deleted like people will (laughs) will, like it's already created this these warring factions and it's so stupid because the aoe2 fans doing it are the ones that we don't like anyway yeah. They're the ones that have been the uh, annoying people commenting on Reddit, on AWE Zone. They, they've they been those same people that have been troublemakers for 10 years. And now they're over being troublemakers at AOE 4, but it reflects poorly on all of us. It's just stupid. Like, if, if someone wants to play a game, let them play a game. If someone wants to watch a game, let them watch a game. That is not, that is not helpful in any mm-hmm. way. Now, in terms of my experience, I think AOE 4 is a fun game. Um ask me in 10 years if it's better than AOE 2. <laughs> I think I think having even having that conversation at this point is a joke. <laughs> like you can't you can't have a game that's been out for 3 months and be in the same conversation as as something Absolutely. that is, you know, it'd be like saying the StarCraft mobile game they just released tomorrow is the going to be the same as Brood War or whatever, you know. It's um it, it to me that seems like a ridiculous comparison. I don't think the comparison even needs to be made. I think AOE four is a fun game. I think AOE two is 
in my opinion, the greatest game of all time. And um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I have to ask it because it's so relative to, to StarCraft. Yep. Uh, Smash had the same problem, but StarCraft especially, it's a uh, Brood War fans. They made a name for themselves for not being very cool, basically, yeah. uh, from the get-go. And they still have a bit of that reputation. I know it's not all you guys out there, but um, it's still amazing that you get people who come in and they're like, StarCraft II died, Brood War forever. And it's like, calm down, <laughs> calm down. Uh, or that's, it was you were saying people from Brood War in 2010 played StarCraft II back then and were like, it's a terrible game. And you're like, it's a new game. Yeah. I don't know why you expected to have the glory that has been the last 15, it's impo- it's 12 impossible. years of Brood War. Absolutely impossible. And it doesn't, I think a lot of the anger, there, there's a lot of things happening at the same time too. So a lot of our pro players switch to AOE4 um, because they want to try and get good at it, right? Like Viper winning a number of events so far, Hera being competitive, Tato, Doubt. That's Twitch streamers. And they go to AOE4 and suddenly all the AOE2 content is gone um, because there are major content creators, right? And at the same time, to add to this, the two biggest Twitch streamers for AOE2 went to Facebook at exactly the same time. So this was like a punch in the nuts. This was like a (laughs) semi-truck to the nuts of anyone who was a Twitch viewer uh, for AOE2 content. It was just like suddenly your two favorite streamers are not no longer on the platform. They're on Facebook. I know a lot of people just refuse to go there whatsoever. Um, And AOE2 is not being played anymore. So I think that kind of like elevated the anger levels. You know, you got a lot of lonely people in their basement just getting more and more furious every day. that's a good point people were really angry age of empires 4 from the starcraft community because all of us were playing it for the first week so and i can um yeah create a certain expectation but Mm -hmm. uh promise this is actually my last question looking towards the future do you think that you'll play and look towards other rts's like the frost giant one that's coming out as something that you would make another living off of or are you just age of empires 2 like your whole life i my end goal is to be able to eat shitty mcdonald's food while reacting to master chef in front of a hundred thousand people that's my end goal as a streamer <laughs> so <laughs> if that can help me <laughs> if that can help me get there if i can be like that damn that um that would be nice that would be nice yeah i actually had a, i had a question for you because we were talking sure. about um starcraft and age of empires 2 fans being angry about aoe4 i now, I know our Twitch chats are an exception, and I don't branch out to many other esports in general. And if I do, I, I just full screen the thing. I don't even watch the, the Twitch chat at all. Um, are StarCraft 2 Twitch chats as bad as AOE 4? Because AOE 4 seems pretty. I'm not sure, actually. I, I don't watch. I, I watch a little bit of Grubby and a little bit of Muslim mm. for Age of Empires 4. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't answer your question the only comment i have is that i was shocked at how uh passionate is the word i'll use the age of empire fans were about that show match with starcraft yep the twitch chat was not kind i I, starcraft we've given ourselves a lot of shit for our history of being very inclusive and and almost xenophobic to other other rts's and other genres of games but looking at the age of empire fans reaction to watching starcraft 2 i was like 
oh, you guys have that too. Oh, you guys are kind of bad yeah. too. <laughs> okay. Maybe even worse nowadays. I'm not, I'm not sure, but uh, that was not the positive. I wasn't watching that when I was taking a break. So I don't yeah, even don't, know don't do if, it. If, if you saw that, then that's probably the exception because uh, in general, uh, like even when we get like 50,000, 60,000 people in a stream, well, it depends on the Red Bull stream. It's not good. Red Bull is, is so opposite from our chats okay. um, just because no one has any accountability there. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, they're not there every day. Most of our events are held on private streamers channels like T90. If he gets 50,000 people, it's a very nice, like it's very rare to see a negative comment on there whatsoever. Um, but I guess, I guess that kind of blends over to AOE 4. Cause I was thinking about the tournament games I've casted so far. Every time I look at the Twitch chat, it's Starcraft versus AOE 2. Just nonstop. Yeah, I don't know where the Warcraft yeah. fans fit in, but the Starcraft AOE 2 guys are just going on and Starcraft, you know, Starcraft viewers love to say, this is like their favorite phrase, you know, AOE 2 pros lull or a mega lull, you know? And okay. they think that um, none of our <laughs> pros have any skill whatsoever or any mechanical ability. They also like to, that that this was my question. They also like to say, if someone's not winning, they like to call them a noob, which is a bit weird in my opinion, even if they're like second or third. Is that a common thing or is that? Yeah, I guess it is, I guess. I, I... I actually do partake in Twitch chat if I'm not like directly casting, if I'm yeah. on break or something. I do partake. So I'd say I have kind of like a good feeling about it. I, I don't know if it's that common. Usually they're being ridiculed. There's a, enough space in our Twitch chats of 15,000 people watching a tournament that you could have someone be like, lol, Cyril didn't win this tournament. He's a yeah. noob. Yeah, yeah. And two other people will be like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? So I, I think you are getting the worst again, let's say most passionate people coming out of the woodworks for this Age of Empires. From both sides. Thing. Yeah, from yeah, both exactly. sides. From yeah. both sides. Just idiots. Yeah. <laughs> people who are just passionate, it's a, a nice word for them, but they they are so it almost like cult-like, you know, it's like their their favorite football teams are being compared to each other and it's, it's weird. They're way too into it. <laughs> way too into it. Um, but anyways, it's, it's fascinating conversation there's so many other things i could be talking about and asking you about but we do have to end the podcast at some point so <laughs> thank you for uh being on again and for even asking me a question i always like that uh where is your next tournament what are you doing in i guess the next couple of weeks this will be released next week so where can um, people find you i am hosting the wandering warriors cup uh which is a nomad starts tournament in age of empires 2 DE, uh, co-hosted with my friend T90 Official, and that will start this coming weekend, The I believe it's the 8th and 9th, Saturday and Sunday, and then it'll run until early February. So that's just $25,000 prize pool, but we're running it through our, our channels, and um, we're going to have most of the AOE2 pros involved. And then after that, um, there will be some AOE4 events I'm going to be involved in i can't really share any of that information yet but okay. i i will be involved so the next month is going to be super busy for me um 128 entrants in that tournament so we're kind of like just going to make our way through every weekend through another round and try and cast most of the games so if anyone's listening and interesting you can you know check me out twitch.tv slash dave wow that is like the first plug i've ever made for my twitch channel I never, pl I never plug myself. That's amazing. I felt uncomfortable. I actually did. 
It felt dirty. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I'll be streaming it. Or facebook.gg slash t90official is my uh, my co-host. Oof, Facebook gaming. I know, I know, I know. But right. I have to, he's my best friend, so. Oh, of course, and he is very influential. I mean, yeah. I don't, I am not super in depth in the Age of Empires scene, but anytime you were like my friend T90, I was like, oh, he's like only the biggest Age of Empires streamer, I think, yeah. that most people have heard of. <laughs> well, um, I, I knew him when he had two viewers, so. Course, <laughs> oh, we have a very popular, I'm guessing Age of Empires has the popular copy pasta where they're like, let's go, real name. And they can say, by the way, I can call this person by their real name because we're friends. Oh, we're yeah, like that, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, learning about Age of Empires, as well as commentating another RTS. And I look forward to seeing you back here for episode 41. Bye, guys. Hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to episode 40 and learning about the Age of Empires scene. Kind of feels like a bit of sibling thing going on between all the rts's but uh at the same time uh, quite a different scene uh but thank you to the patreon supporters uh, patreon.com slash zombie grub co-producer shane thank you very much for supporting the podcast as well as those that go a little bit beyond nick Vinny, steven et and ravi thank you guys very much for putting in a little bit more to support the podcast episode 41 has already been done i'll be coming out in two weeks we're back on a regular schedule so just thanks again for watching hope you enjoy it and see you for more caster calls of zombie grub